dropping that knowledge on you. I could not make this shit up. With Kev Nash. Oh, Hercules, Hercules. And DJ Killer Kev. Uh-oh. Let me tell you, boys, you can't make that shit up. The inside. Real deal, straight up. Are you crazy? Hottest <laughs> stories from the world of hip-hop. This is ludicrous. It's the big boss, Rick Rouse. What up? It's your boy, Young Jeezy. This is 50 Cent. Sports. Some of those dogs are the most incredible dogs I've ever seen. And what's popping in the DYT. I couldn't make this shit up. I couldn't make this shit up if I tried. I'm sad that I lack the talent to make this shit up. Here's Kev Nash and DJ Killer Kev. Back at it one more time. It's a Father's Day episode, too, man. Happy Father's Day, Killer. Appreciate you. 61 episodes, You Can't Make This Up podcast, Kev Nash. DJ Killer Kev. And we got a guest, and our guest brought gifts. Yes. So uh, we definitely got the bow his pod up, man. Definitely, definitely, <laughs> man. This is a good homie, man. Uh, neighborhood hero. Hey. He, he's the first person I was really invested in after I got out of high school, going to the games and checking them out, man. We got the good homie, Mr. Chris Wright in the building. What's good? What's good? What's Chilling. good, man? What's going on, man? Oh, man. You doing lots in the community, man. Let's get into that first, man. Yeah. Um, you know, right now in the off season, you know, with the season being over, you know, I got my foundation, you know, right now that I'm doing the right way foundation, um, putting on some pro camps and you know, just really grinding, man, in the off season, just trying to stay in shape and, you know, still do the things I need to do as far as with my foundation and, you know, putting on camps, but making sure I'm staying in shape to, you know, be ready for next season. Dope, dope. And you got a comedy show, right? Yeah, yeah, I got a comedy show, man, uh, June 30th, man, with, uh, you know, Mark Gregory. And yeah, Mike the Logan. homie. Yeah, yeah, Mike Logan and uh, Ke- uh, Kelly Kells is going to be the headliner. Then we got Dusty Lewis as well. Dope, dope. How can people grab tickets? Yeah, um, you can hit uh, Norquita Howard up on uh, on, on Facebook, um, or you can you know call the Right Way Foundation, or hit me up on Facebook, and you know we we'll get you squared away. VIP is twenty five twenty five dollars, where it includes food and you know general mission fifteen dollars. So you know it's gonna be a show, man. Come out and last for a cause and everything. All proceeds go to you know my uh, benefiting my foundation. Dope, dope. Well, what's man. the name of your foundation, and what made you want to you know? Start that avenue for you, for, for you and the community. Oh, yeah. Well, my, my um, foundation is the Right Way Foundation. But, you know, growing up, um, you know, some of the things that, you know, I was able to do and, you know, having mentors and, you know, some of the older guys that, you know, look out for me, you know, I don't think it's, it's the same anymore. You know what I mean? Just when I come back to the community and, you know, come back to our city, I don't think it's enough, you know, guys out there that's, you know, trying to mentor young um, young kids or, you know, doing things for them to, to stay out the streets and stay out of trouble. And, yeah. you know, when I was actually, when I was in the third grade, um, a lot of people don't know that, you know, me and you know my family, we was actually homeless for two years. You know what wow. I mean? Bouncing around from, you know, house to house. And, um, you know, one day my brother told me, you know, I have the opportunity to change, you know, the way we was living. So I just took that into consideration. I didn't really know what that meant, you know, at the time. But, um, you know, I, I figured it was, you know, through basketball to – you know, changed the way we was living. And then, you know, I started working on my game. You know, every single day from that point forward, I was only, you know, eight years old and already thinking and feeling like I could make, you know, the NBA and you right. know, do something that I didn't know was a foundation at the time, but I just knew I could change how I was living and help others. So, you know, they wouldn't be in that situation. Yeah, Dope, dope, man. At eight years old, man, that's when you made yeah. the decision that you was going to try to play pro ball? Yeah, I didn't. I didn't really like. I said I didn't understand it, you know, at the time. But yeah, I was eight years old, man, and you know, I was kind of growing, you know, faster than everyone around me, man. And um, you know, I always used to just go in the back, um, in the back of the house. I used to live in uh, Summer Square Apartments, 
and uh, we didn't have a rim up there, so we used to make a crate. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the maintenance used to come and take the crate down, <laughs> you know, off the pole. So I used to, I used to find a spot, man, on the on the wall, and you know, I used to shoot on the on the wall, man. And you know, then I just always saw myself, you know, playing, you know, as a professional. And I didn't really know how to get there at the time, but I knew, you know, what work hard means, you right, know, at yeah. a young age. So I just try to live, you know, that way from when I was eight even up to now. Yeah, mm-hmm. eight years old, me. G.I. Joe, <laughs> you know, chasing my older brother, getting beat up by my older brother, you know. Right. Oh, that was happening, too. I was getting beat up, too, by my older brother. So. I thought I was Chris Sable at that age. I was playing baseball with the goggles, playing third base. You couldn't tell me nothing. <laughs> That's dope, man. So you made, you go to Trywood High School, right? Right. And what was the recruiting process, man, like for you? I mean, it was, it was crazy, man, um, you know, because I kind of got out the gate, you know, a little early. Um, even when I was in eighth grade, you know, it was, it was a few schools, uh, you know, Dayton, Michigan, you know, Xavier, um, Michigan state, those were the schools that was kind of watching me, you know, on the circuit when I was in eighth grade. And then, you know, once I became a freshman, you know, the, the, the doors just like really opened up, um, you know, when I was a freshman being like one of the, you know, top guys and, you know, in my class, um, I just looked at it as not really like a target on my back, but, you know, this is what I want to be. And this is what, you know, the situations that I want to be in. So, like I said, I take that mentality of working hard. I just want to outwork everybody. Mm-hmm. And that was one of the things I felt like that caught um, college recruiters' eyes is, you know, anytime they would talk to me, the first thing I tell them, you know, I would run, you know, five miles, you know, daily, you know, even at a 14 or 15-year-old because we used to have a you know, you remember the trail oh, yeah. in the back of the yes. house. So, See, yeah. a lot of people don't know me and Chris are from the same block. Okay. Yeah. Break yeah. it down. A lot of hoopers out there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> actually, we yeah. included. Don't <laughs> get twisted. No, just- yeah. After, you know, after a house that caught on fire when we was in the Summer Square, our townhouse burned down. That's when I moved yeah. over there. Um, we moved over there in Mario like yeah. two or three years later. So, um, but yeah, man, just, just when the recruiting process came around, man, my mom pretty much you know, handle everything, man. <laughs> you know, I, like I actually wrote a, a poem in high school called My Mama Don't Play. Because, <laughs> uh, you know, when it came to recruiting, man, she didn't let them, you know, talk to me without, you know, talking to her first. And mm-hmm. she basically did, you know, the screening process. And I had older older brothers that went through through the process. But, you know, more on the football side. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's pretty much all the same thing, man. So, you know, I give a, a lot of credit, you know, to my mother and, you know, my older brothers and, you know, my uncles for really – you know, keeping me grounded and, you know, some guys, you know, when you're 14, 15 years old and, you know, you're getting offers from, you know, top colleges, mm-hmm. you know, either they stop working hard or, you know, they start to kind of, you know, feel themselves. Feel themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And I, for me, I always knew, man, what, whatever God gives you, he can take it away just as fast as you got it, man. So even at a young age, bro, I always made sure that, you know, I stayed humble and just worked hard, man. That was the one thing I really admired about Chris because when I got out of the Army, it was 05, and I believe that was your senior year, I believe, 05? No, that was my sophomore year. Sophomore year? Yeah. So I got out, and, you know, I'm Kenny Hayes and a couple of people from the block was in there, you know, college and high school. I mean, high school basketball, and I remember the first game I came to, bro, I remember Chris went up and literally (laughs) caught somebody's shot. Like by the rim, like not like pinned it to the backboard, nothing, just caught it and went the other way, you know. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, Chris about to be something. So I've always been, you know, kind of like in the papers and just following yeah. along, you know, just somebody from Trywood that's really doing it and doing it the right way, man. So I've always wanted to, you know, say that to you and to your face, man. I've always uh, appreciated your, 
you, you know what I'm saying, and how and how you carry yourself, man. Appreciate but, um, that, man. I wanted to ask you too, like what was what was it like to make a decision to stay home and play for UD? Man, that was kind of like a, you know, was, I'm sure everybody and their mama had, you know, support and love right. for you, but also coattails and reaching out. Yeah, yeah. Was, you should go here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, the biggest thing for me, man, is I'm huge. You know, I'm huge on family, man. Yeah. Um, I've never, I had never visited, you know, Dayton's campus, you know, at all. I always wanted to go, you know, to Kentucky. That was like my number one school of all time, regardless mm-hmm. to whoever was recruiting me or whatever. And I even told, you know, some coaches that, you know, I don't think they like that too much. But <laughs> when I told them, man, like Kentucky is where I want to go. I always used to wear this Kentucky jacket. But um, when I started the recruiting process, uh, Brian Gregory, when he started recruiting me, he was the head coach at the time at Dayton. The first thing he told me was, uh, Chris, you're not that good yet. So that was the first <laughs> time, like, you know, I took a back seat, like, whoa, like, me? you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, and, and it it was more so, like, and it was a back seat to more so, like, dang, like, you know, maybe he right that I need to continue to still keep working and building, you know, the things that I'm doing, man. And then once I finally, you know, visit, um, went and visit a uh, University of Dayton campus, man, it was like, it was like I was home already, man, and yeah. I, I was home, man. You know, I visit, you know, I would visit uh, Michigan, Michigan State. Oh, Izzo. Yeah. Izzo, yeah. Izzo. I, I remember reading that in the paper yeah. when you went up to Izzo. I was like, oh, that's in the book. Yeah. That's in the bag. Izzo got this in the bag. And, and it's crazy, though, because Izzo, when he came to, uh, you know, watch me play, you know, we had open gym and stuff like that, he actually stayed at Coach Gregory's house. And Coach Gregory, because, you know, Coach Gregory coached under uh, mm-hmm. Izzo for probably like 16 or 17 years. And uh, BG told me, he uh, told Izzo, if he mentioned anything about me, he go make him sleep outside with the dogs. <laughs> and yeah. that was also in a, uh, Andre Hudson went to state yeah. too. So I know he's a, like there was two people with trial with Andre Hudson and Chris. Those are my two favorites, you know. So mm-hmm. like Appreciate when when that. I when I heard that and it, like the same thing, the Michigan State thing, I'm like, it's in the bag. Yeah, I mean, it was <laughs> Izzo, they how did they get in the bag? It was crazy, man. Because you know when I went on my visit, man, Magic Johnson was there. Oh. You know, was Air, so Air, they was selling. Yeah, Eric Snow and everybody was there, man. It was you know guys like that went there. The year that I went to dating, like Kaylin Lucas, mm-hmm. Darrell Summers, and um, you know Raymond Morgan was there. Mm-hmm. You know I had to remind him what he had did to us in the state, but <laughs> you know um, he was there, man. So it was it was actually a tough decision to you know walk away from Michigan State. But you know in the room when I'm talking to Izzo, he said, "Look, man, I would love for you, you know, to come here and be a part, you know, of the Spartan family." But you know my friend and you know Coach Gregory, he's really building something special. He's like right on the brink of needing a guy like you, you know, to come in and kind of change the face of the program. And I respected that, you know what I mean? And um, I know I know he was still sorry that I committed to Dayton, <laughs> but, you know, I really took that into consideration, especially, you know, wearing that Dayton across my chest. Man. Right. There's nothing like it, man. So, you know, it was, it was really almost a no-brainer after I started going around to the different schools and different colleges, man. It was it was home, man, and mm-hmm. I knew I knew where I should be, and I wanted to start something and build something mm-hmm. and not follow, you know, the path of, you know, others because, like I said, I always want to go to Kentucky, but, like, I see now when I go to Dayton, everything that, you know, they have now, I like to feel like I'm kind of the one that started bringing in. The Absolutely. Guys, yeah. Bringing the guys that's a fact. Now, that's you know? a fact. Scoochie. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's my mm-hmm. guy, man. So, so uh, you know, I went to Wright State. Um, we Ooh. didn't, we didn't, we didn't have a chance. We didn't have a chance. My Raiders didn't have a chance. Uh, not, not, not even a letter, not even a call I mean, back, I not mean, even I, a visit. I'm not even, I mean, I'm gonna be real, man. When they, uh, you know, when they sent me a letter, man. You know, <laughs> Toilet paper. <laughs> my, my, 
mom was like, well, yeah, uh, Rice State sent you a letter. And I was like, oh, okay. We have a nice yeah. campus, man. Come it's on. nice, though, man. And, <laughs> and the thing is, you know, I, I gave it a look, too, because we got, we, uh, my last name is Wright. So, hey. you know, but, you know, it's a, it's, a, uh, it's a great school and I respect it. But, you know, what I was looking for at the time as far as basketball wasn't, wasn't where I was trying to go. It's all good, man. It's all yeah. good. It's all good. <laughs> they were scared to play us, though. <laughs> we was trying to get them on the schedule. They wouldn't ah, do it, man. Man, you don't get me started with that, man. <laughs> I know people. <laughs> <laughs> man, I've always wanted to ask you, too, man. What's it like to be above the rim, sl- slamming on somebody's head and 20,000 people just screaming, bro? That has to feel amazing. Man. I've man. always, you know, I've been an above the rim guy at eight feet in the <laughs> Other than that, though, you know, I've always just admired, like, wonder that, you know, that, for me, that would give me like an extra fifteen minutes of just hard play. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like extra energy, just fire me up, man. So I mean, it's just man, like because I've been dunking like for <laughs> a long time. Yeah. Right? <laughs> so anytime we used, we used to play, uh, you know, live back in the day, uh, live ninety five mm-hmm. on, on Super Nintendo, I used to always try to pick Shaq and just try to dunk every single time. <laughs> I don't know. At one point, Shaq was my favorite player. Right. But, you know, just when I'm in a game, man, it's really like an adren- adrenaline rush, man. Mm-hmm. People say it's. Uh, it's two points, but it feel like ten points yeah. sometimes, man. Yeah, you know, it's just it's just something I do, man. Just something that was just natural. And How long you been dunking, man? I've been dunking since I was eleven, ten, eleven oh years old. Because I've I've ran in and out of the gym celebrating <laughs> Chris dunks many a time. Like you know, you be excited, and, oh, run yeah. out, come back. Like so, it's, and this is crazy. See, I know how I feel <laughs> now. Like for a minute. when I been when I be dunking, and then people be like, oh man, I was doing that back in the day. This, this, and this, and. You'd be like, yeah, right, man. But then you got these guys now all on Instagram doing all these crazy dunks. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, man, I used to be doing that when I was you know, 12, 13 years old. But, you know, I don't got footage to show them. So you know, it's kind of a story that I got to tell. Yeah, man. I have one dunk in my whole entire life. I was about 21. It was a tip dunk. <laughs> it was a cheat tip dunk because I boosted off dude's shoulder, but I got him. Yeah. So yeah. I got the dunk and on somebody. So. I'm good. But no, those those the, the easiest time. dunks though. The tip dunks, you know. I don't mean it, I don't want to steal your glory, but those the oh those the easiest dunks, man. The tip dunks, but you know you did it. So. I got got him. <laughs> I had one attempt my junior year. You know you be in gym just shooting the shit. You know I jumped up and hung on the rim and I was like, oh shit, that feeling. I, I can hang on the rim now. <laughs> so I'm thinking I can do something. So, so did they have a rim up, at Sprite commercial? Did they had a room at ten feet? Yeah, and I barely like, I had, like probably caught it with my fingertips, like just barely caught it. Like oh, but I'm here. When yeah. I begin, Sprite it myself. See, <laughs> see the youngsters don't sprite know what, what the Sprite commercial yeah. is, though. They don't, they don't know nothing about that. Right. Man, yeah. before it was Duncan, I'm sure it was uh, smacking the boards. Yeah, yeah. I, I was smacking boards in fifth grade all yeah. the time. <laughs> I'll drop step, smacking the boards. <laughs> that feeling, man. That feeling of hooping, man. But I want, definitely wanted to ask you, man, when you look at the NBA today, everything that's going on. You played for the Warriors, man. Right. You played in the, the Yay area, man. Was E-40 coming to the games back then? All the time. Was Too Short coming to the games yeah. back then? Yeah, he was coming all the time, man. E-40 was always, like, right next to the bench, man. So he was he was a cool dude. And uh, one time, man, uh, we just hear, like, it's one of the games at halftime. I can remember, you know, who was playing. Because um, Dave Chappelle was at the game. Okay. Day, and uh, he had came in the locker room before the game started. And uh, Coach Jack was like, uh, Coach Jack was like, oh yeah, we got a guy from Dayton. He come in, who's from Dayton? <laughs> what you want me to tell him when I get home? Like, you know what I'm saying? So he was cool, but then that game to answer a question. Like E40 was always at the games, and then you know it was halftime, and you know you hear everybody starting to like, you know, get rowdy or whatever. And then Too Short comes out, 
You know what I'm saying? Perform and <laughs> blow the whistle. Man, it was crazy, man. Mm. And, you know, Nate Robinson was on my team at the time. This dude started running circles around the court, man. And, <laughs> you know, they love too short and you 40 out there, man. Yeah. You know, it was, it was like man, one of the hypest places I've ever been in, you know, just overall, mm-hmm. anywhere in the world. It's one of the hypest. Mm-hmm. Dope, man. And uh, you were part of that building what they have now, you know what I'm saying? With yeah, Mark yeah. Jackson and everything like that, man. Talk about that experience, just like being out there. I mean, it was. It was a great experience, man, just especially, you know, I just remember when I first got out there and um, when I finally signed my contract and, you know, I went in the room, man, and I put on my jersey, you know what I'm saying, and I saw the NBA logo, you know what I'm saying, on my chest. So it just felt like everything that I worked for as far as from the basketball standpoint, you know, all the early mornings and late nights, like, that all came to that moment of me putting on that jersey and, you know, seeing that Jerry West on my chest, man. Mm-hmm. You know, I kind of, I broke down, you know what I'm saying? But it was people around, so, you know, I ain't wanted to think like, oh, they hear a little punk or something over there. <laughs> but, you know, um, just being a part of that, man, and, you know, Coach Jackson, man, he was like the ultimate, like, player coach, man. He he knows the game and he understands that, you know, he understands, like, everybody talking about that rest stuff now, but he understood, you know, rest. And, you know, he always pushed us hard, man. And I had veterans and like uh, Monte Ellis, mm-hmm. and, you know, Steph was there. And, and But he was, you know, he was hurt a lot that year. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, David Lee, um, Darrell Wright, man. It was uh, a bunch of great guys on that team at the time. And like I said before, Nate Robinson, man. But, you know, being a part of that, I, I kind of seen it. I kind of seen it, you know, before it happened now. Yeah. Just how hard those guys work, man. And, you know, it's something about, you know, the organization that they know who to put in place to, you know, help their players, man. And, you know, that's why they are where they are now, man, because, you know, it's a great place. How'd you like OKC? You know, I was for a that's where oh, I was in the man. Army at, so I just yeah. missed you missed you coming into town when yeah, I was there. Yeah. But how do you – I know OKC from a non-basketball town as far as, like, right. Oklahoma City goes, yeah, yeah. Um, the clubs and the partying and the nightlife. But, hey. like, when you add an <laughs> NBA team in town, I'm sure OKC changed a lot. But how'd you enjoy oh, it man. there? Oklahoma City, man, I, I can't lie, man. That's that's like one of the best places to be if you're a basketball fan or a basketball mm-hmm. player, man, because that college it's, vibe. It's that college vibe, yo. Like they literally stand up the whole time and yeah. until you get that bucket, it's it's always loud, man. But, you know, just from the organizational standpoint, man, they make sure every player coming in there goes and visit um the Oklahoma City bombing memorial. Mm-hmm. You know, visit, you know, the Cowboy Memorial, everything Cowboy Museum all around. Make sure that everybody understands if you're going to be a part of this organization, you're a part of this community and you're a part of this city. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? And that's really what they put emphasis on, man, as a player. And it makes it really feel like home. You know what I mean? Uh, you see Russ out, you know, all the time. You know what I mean? Just interacting with mm-hmm. people, you know, Steven Adams, and, you know, Victor Oladipo. You see these people around, you know, all the time you know, dealing with the fans and dealing with the community because it's it's huge. It's a huge community space, man. So I was terrified to go to OKC when I was in, you know, military, and they tell you where you're going. You know, it was like I literally had to look on the map to yeah. figure out where Oklahoma was. It was like, right. what's there? I'm, I'm, I'm expecting the countryside of Trotwood, you know, yeah. just nothing but fields and, and cornfields and there's nothing. And I got there, man, it was like a lot of colleges are in the OKC area. You know, they got – um military bases and just being around right. seeing people like they're really committed to that area yeah. and and really support it man so yeah. i know i know from a you know athletic standpoint that had to feel amazing to come to a structure yeah. like that yeah and especially once like my my family have visit, came down to visit for um christmas this past christmas and 
Um, it was probably like 18 of them, 18 of us staying in the house. <laughs> but, um, that was one of the things I wanted to make sure. Like, I had already been, you know, to the memorial, but I wanted to make sure, you know, my family was able to witness that, you yeah. know, understand that, you know, this is something that, you know, completely changed lives. Mm-hmm. People that I interact with every day living in Oklahoma, like, they're directly affected, you know what I'm saying, by, you know, the Oklahoma City bombing right. and everything, man, in that day. Um, so I took them, and before we went in there, I had, you know, some of my nieces and nephews and younger cousins, and I explained to, you know, the older the older ones in my family, like, look, like, we see the kids now that we're with, like, it's a lot of kids that's going to be here on this wall that, you know, lost their lives. Mm-hmm. And, you know, to take it all in, to understand, like, how, you know, blessed you are to be in the situation you're in, you know, to be standing next to your mom or to have, your daughter or son next to you, you know what I mean? Because that day, you know, when the bombings happened, like, that separated some people for the rest of their life. Right. Right. You know, I just wanted to make sure they understood how serious that was, man. So. Yeah, man. And playing basketball that took you all around the globe, man. Man. A man. ball. Yeah. In a hoop. <laughs> Amazing, yeah. right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, it's the crazy thing you say that, man. They got this thing, you know, that ball is like thing, bro. Like, I never say that because if ball stops, then you basically saying your life stopped. Mm-hmm. So I never say that. Like you said, you know, basketball is taking me all around the world. So going all around the world, I'll be able to see, you know, other cultures and interact, you know, with people with, you know, different languages. So some of the things that we see on TV and, you know, that's talking about racism and, you know, poverty and all the different stuff that we see, you know, on television here is not the same, right. you know, when you go over there. Like we say we poor because, you know, we live, in a house where it was a three-bedroom, but, you know, 12 to, you know, 15 people live with us. But you go over there, you're talking about 12 to 15 people sleeping next to a dumpster, yeah. you know what I'm saying, but still the happiest people in the world, you know what I'm saying, and, and taking that life and, and doing the best they can with what they have, you know what I'm saying. So basketball, took I played in, you know, Poland. Um, I played in Israel. Those were the home countries that I played in. But, you know, I've been to Russia. I've been to Slovenia. You know, I've been to Turkey. Um, been to Spain, been to Finland, um, been to Czech Republic. So you know, I've been all over, man. Mm-hmm. You know, like you said. Passport like, is yeah, stamped. Stamped up. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Get your stamps up. Nah. Nah, but, yeah, man, like like you said, man, it, it's, it's allowed me to really, you know, see the world differently, man, and um, playing overseas and stuff and, you know, seeing younger guys who are, you know, 15 and 16 years old already playing pro but never have – they've never had opportunity to – get a scholarship and, you know, play professional. I mean, um, get a scholarship and go to college and play because they're already pro. And if something happens to them, you know what I'm saying, like they can't get a free scholarship. They got to, you know, come out of pocket for everything. Right. You know, college is extremely yeah. expensive. Yeah. So, Who are you telling? Yeah, so, <laughs> so it's a lot of things, man, that I just really, you know, cherish. Like, of course, the basketball part of it, but what comes with it, right. you know what I'm saying, I, I really cherish that. And that's what a lot of things that I put – you know, into my basketball camp. Like, I want people, in a few years, I want people to see the camp as, you know, a life skills camp. Because with basketball, you, you open up so many different avenues and so many different things are, you know, thrown at you in life. Because of a basketball, you know I mean? People expect certain things that's really not true. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? They expose you, they, they expect you to have a certain amount of money that's really not true. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? They, suppose, they expect you to have a certain lifestyle where you're living in this crazy mansion and, you know, for the most part, for an athlete that's a male, 
that you're supposed to have all these women and mm-hmm. it's really not you know what i'm saying it's not really like that for some it may be but the majority is completely different man so like when i do my camps i want kids to understand that you know it is times where it's going to be days that you know you want to quit you know what i mean but if you quit you know in basketball or whatever that can help you and propel you to the next level then you're probably going to quit in something else that become difficult you know what i'm saying for you you know i talk about you know nutrition and you know eating the right way and exercising and working hard but it's all because i've seen a different life than my own you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. there's so many different things and so many different aspects that go into one person's life you know every single day and through basketball you're able to see it you right know what I mean? and that's why i bring people together of course it's the common common bond of basketball but everybody life is totally different and that's what i implement you know in my camps and everything man yeah so, do you do you and do you enjoy the celebrity of Chris Wright? You know, like when I know you come home, you're a hometown hero. <laughs> I know, you know, around around the world, you know, you got fans. You know, do you enjoy yeah. that side of it all? Um, my thing is, man, I always say like I don't really consider myself, you know, a celebrity, but you know, the one thing is when I am home, my family hate going to the store with me. Like yeah. they hate going anywhere <laughs> with me because yeah. a twenty minute, you know, Walmart run, yeah, I turn into a, a, a three hour run because they know if I see somebody I know, I'm going to stop. You know, right. I'm going to talk. You yeah. know what I mean? So anytime I ask somebody, like, yo, I'm, I'm going to Walmart. No, nah, I ain't going with you. That's the first <laughs> thing they say. But like you said, man, my thing is, like, um, what I do on the court, I'm a completely different person, you know, off the court. Yeah. You know what I mean? With people that see me play, they tell me, like, I got an attitude or I'm mad on the court or whatever. But I like to think of it as, like, a reason why I always stop no matter what somebody trying to speak to me or talk to me is because everybody not going to remember every game that I played in. Mm-hmm. You know, they may remember a, a dunk or, you know, a game where I had, you know, a certain amount of points. But what they're going to remember most is when I did stop, you yeah. know, when I'm at Walmart shopping or, you know, when I'm at the mall or whatever. Right. That's what they're going to remember. You know what I'm saying? That's something I want them to take, you know, for the rest of their life, man. And, you know, them coming to a game, they can go to a million games. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, I'm not going to be on this earth for a million years. You know right. what I mean? So whatever my lifespan is, that's what I want to make sure they remember me by. You know what I'm saying? Because they ain't, they ain't going to remember all the games, but they will remember like, okay, he, he did stop. He did shake my hand. He did give me an autograph or whatever they asked for. Like, that's what I really love about it, man. For Dope. Real. Yeah, I wanted to ask you too, what's the what's the competitive nature like in your household? Because oh, yeah. from the outside looking in, I like to feel like you, you know, set a standard. And a lot of your family members have excelled in sports and yeah. are pro athletes. And, right, you know, right. and it's like, I feel like just a, a Saturday barbecue can get, can get out of hand. You know, <laughs> yeah, domino game. Yeah, it's actually crazy, man. We, I do this, uh, I do this like rib and, you know, chicken cook off, um, like every summer, you know, at my uncle's house and he got like the basketball court and all that stuff. And the first year we did it, I never would play, you know what I mean? Like, cause I was, you know, a professional mm-hmm. when we, when I started doing it. And um, they'd be like, oh, man, you, you ain't going to get out here. Like, I taught you everything, you know, like my older cousin, <laughs> you know, my brother and stuff like that. Um, so I'm like, all right, you know, next year I'm going to play. You know what I mean? <laughs> so we had like a little tournament, and, you know, guys on the bet and stuff like this. And I'm warning them, like, man, you don't, you don't really want to bet because and my cousins that see me, but they don't really see me like every day or, you know, we don't talk every single day. Right. And I'm telling them, like, yo, you want to put up some money, yo, like, I really do this for a living. You know <laughs> right. what I'm saying? And then, you know, we, we play like first game to five. Like five, whoever went five games first. It was me. I'll take anybody. 
you know what I'm saying, whoever on my team, we 5-0. I get the money to, you know, my cousins that was on my team. Right. And, like, you I do this for a living, dog. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm Talk dunking about on that, everything. Man. You know, as a kid growing up, you we I saw players like, man, Bill Cartwright is trash. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, man, P.J. Armstrong, all he doing is sitting over there in the corner hitting threes. If I played with Jordan, I could do that. Talk about the hard work that it actually takes to be a professional, professional basketball player. Yeah, man, professional. Oh. Yeah, you're yeah. not playing around at the YMCA. Yeah. Exactly, getting up shots in the backyard. Right. You are in an arena. Yeah. So basically, man, like it took me from when I was eight years old. You know what I mean? To now, and still like working hard and everything, and um. I always, like I said, I worked hard every single day, and I have two, you know, younger brothers that's under me, and both of them play uh, professional football. You know, one plays for the Los Angeles Rams, and the other mm-hmm. plays for the Ravens. But um, I always try to implement every day in my life hard work. But like you said, like to be a professional basketball player, <laughs> like dude, it's it's extremely difficult, man, because guys are like great at what they do. You know what I'm saying? They don't get paid the money that they get paid for no reason. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? And uh perfect example, like I done worked, you know, LeBron's, you know, camp before. Um, I done worked Kevin Durant's camps before. Um and the thing that I see in those dudes, they work extremely hard. And I'll tell you a story about, you know, Russ, man. Um when I first when we when I first got down to O K C and, you know, it was training camp and everything and um so we we would start practice at ten o'clock. And I like to think, you know, I get there pretty early, probably like two and a half hours before practice starts, <laughs> you know, start to prepare. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, man, maybe I'm going to go a little bit earlier. So I go three hours before practice starts, walk in the locker room. I see like, you know, Ru- Russ's locker is next to mine over there. Um, so I see like his clothes and stuff. I'm like, what Russ doing here, right? So I walk out on the court, dude and like, Full all out like sweat, like he had to be there three and a half hours early before practice started. You know what I'm before saying? Before practice. Before practice. <laughs> this is before practice, and all the coaches is out there. He's the only player in the gym. Like all the coaches is on one court, and he do this drill where he goes one on one with the coaches. So he goes against every single coach because the first coach is tired. So now he needs the second coach. The second coach get tired now. It's the third coach. Like do work extremely hard yo and it's it's like something i've never seen in my life before like he literally is there three and a half to three hours early before putting practice. in work putting in work and then about to put in some work in practice are basketball players the best conditioned athletes you think um i would have to give it to soccer bro yeah i would have to give it to soccer but they flop <laughs> yeah they do they do but you know that field is is it's huge man and mm-hmm. like the first time i actually went last year we went to um we went to a Real Madrid, you know, soccer game, and it was crazy, man. The field was huge, dog. I'm talking about you running 100 yards and still got another 20 yards yeah. to go. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And like I would, I would probably give it to them. They're the most conditioned, you know, athletes, man, just because they constantly running. Like we get, we get timeouts and stuff like that, and you know, right. kind of breaks in between plays. But in football, they get breaks. Soccer yeah. man, it's, it's unbelievable to see them dudes. I caught myself being a goalie at Troutwell my senior year. <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> and, and practice, we used to run through Madison Park and all that. 
And, you know, I was always a little bigger than people in high school. I wasn't as big as I am now, but I was always bigger. So I'm like, goalie would be cool, you know. Y'all, <laughs> y'all go have that six mile. They're like, yeah. nah, come on. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, You're Jesus. on the team, yeah. too. Yeah. So, yeah, soccer, boy. And, and the thing is about soccer, too, like, you're jogging to get in position. You're always, like, running exactly. to get in position. But then when you got to really take off, you know, you got to have some in the tank, too. So, right. yeah, definitely soccer is a, is a condition that's poor for sure, man. You cop you some Air Zoles yet? <laughs> no. <Nah. laughs> I, I, first of all, I'm like low cut. And second of all, I, I played in Kobe's. That's what they are. Uh, I played right. in, pretty much. I played in Kobe's before, and I didn't. I didn't like them too much, man. But I'm not. I'm not copying none of them. <laughs> What'd you think about this whole situation with him, his pops, yeah, the ball? Uh, what is it, big baller brand? Big what baller you think brand. about this whole thing, man? Um, I mean, some people can look at it. Okay, he's smart. Like, he's getting his kids a lot of attention, you know, doing this stuff. But um, everybody handle, you know, their situations with their family and their recruiting or whatever the process is for them in a different way. But what I can say is, you know, how he was at UCLA as far as, you know, with the coaches, with the, you know, management of the team and, you know, with the school, he's not going to be like that. With no, not with no Magic no, no Johnson. That's what I'm <laughs> right. Saying. You know what I mean? Because at the end of the day, like, we invest in, you know, money in your son, which I, he's going to get drafted. You know what I'm saying? No question about it. He's a, you know, he's a great player. You know what I'm saying? Or will be a great player. He was a, a, a great player in college. But it's just different, man. When you when you talk about people that, you know, at the end of the day, when they billionaires, you're not about to just talk to them, mm-hmm. you know, any type of way when they running, you know, something that you want to be a part of. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, but I, in ways I commend them, but then it's, it's ways that I'm like, I disagree, you know what I'm saying, with some of the things. And, you know, just like, and people would think like, okay, they, he putting a target on his kid's back. Like, as a player myself, like, we don't really care, you know what I'm saying, like, what your pops do, but, you know, management does. You know, mm-hmm. what I'm saying? You know that's that's huge because especially like in OKC, it's like close, close-knit group. And any other organization, you know, in the NBA, man, they don't just allow people to come in there and just, you know, be talking and, you know, calling shots or whatever. But, you know, it may work for him. You know, I don't know. You know what I'm saying? But um, I just feel like it would be, you know, difficult, him, especially if he does go to the Lakers. Magic Magic ain't, ain't with that. And <laughs> if he get Kobe on board, he, he's really not with that. So. Right, man. I remember uh, the youngest one when he would put up, like, what, 92, 91 points or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I watched the highlights, and I'm watching it, man. I'm like, okay, this is whack. <laughs> it's like this is this isn't real. This isn't exactly. like a real game. This is you're literally shooting every shot. You're uh cherry picking. <laughs> like it'd be different, like, all right, man, yo, he coming down, he just blazing. Like, yo, about seventy of them was off layups that yeah. you didn't play any type of defense. So yeah. <laughs> I I thought that was pretty trash. Man. Yeah, I mean I mean for me, man, like And he got wasn't even banging, it was all yeah. layups. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean he just <laughs> I mean, I can what I can. Ninety points is ninety points. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I mean, cause you got you do got to make shots. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But you know, I did see some of the highlights, and um, he was cherry picking. <laughs> but you know, yeah, I, I don't know, man. Ninety points is ninety points. It's hard to score ninety points in anything that you're doing, right? It's high school or direct league or whatever. But you know, like you said, he wasn't playing defense like at all. But you know, some people was okay with that. You know? yeah. Me personally, I'm not. But you know. I can't. I'm not his coach. Right. Like that, yeah. Know, so. I gotta ask you too. I gotta ask you the number one barbershop question right now, <laughs> man. 
MJ yeah. or LBJ? Which one oh, is? Man. Um, I really think, man, like, of course, like, I feel like MJ is, you know, the greatest to do it. But at the Uh-oh. same time, <laughs> but at the same time, man, it's a, a completely, like, different, you know, era. It's hard yeah. to compare them to because they two different players for real. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, LeBron is Carl Malone at point guard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And, and Jordan just got his own, his own, like, swag, his own everything, man. And it's hard for me to put LeBron – you know, above Jordan. Right. But he's pretty close. Yeah. Because, you know, he, he makes his teammates better as well, just like Jordan. Right. You know, the only thing you can say is, you know, rings. You know yeah. what I'm saying? But let's talk about how many times LeBron has been, you know, to the finals. Exactly. And how many times Jordan failed getting to the finals. You know what I'm saying? So it's a lot of things that, that's comparable, but I feel like them two is like the top. You know what I'm saying? But I feel like somebody like Kareem don't get enough respect. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And being in that talks. Is I watched that 30 players. for 30, man. Yeah, that yeah. was all, oh, man. I watched that. Um, I binge watched all three part, all parts yeah. of it a few days ago. And just to see the like the type of basketball played versus how basketball is now. Right. Like you have to give some of that back to those 80s and 70s exactly. era. Yeah, because, I give them exactly. a lot of props yeah. because I was looking at the scores of those games. It's like 120, but they're, <laughs> but they're not shooting threes. They're, they're all twos, threes. bro. Yeah. That's a lot of buckets. Yeah. <laughs> That's a yeah. lot of buckets, yeah. man. Right. Right. Yeah, it ain't, it ain't from 35 feet out there. Yeah, like, them is all layups <laughs> and pull-up jays, a lot of twos. The biggest thing about Kareem and that, that piece, man, the championship that they beat the Celtics in, Game one, he was trash. Yeah. But after that, <laughs> oh my goodness, he man! Did it, he went and did his yoga and all that. Man. Yeah. Came back got ready. his chi right. Yeah, got his chi right. But uh, yeah, man, it's like like you said, they was they were shooting layups and twos. Man, the game was so much more physical. Yeah, you know, what I'm saying just watching those games, it was like you know, if, if flagrant fouls now, <laughs> like then was just a regular common exactly. foul. Like you do some of that stuff now, you might not ever be able to play. In the NBA again, right? You know what I'm saying? But and I was you, seeing like Mitchell, he like literally giving the choke sign as he's crossing the guy yeah. at the free throw. Like yeah. it was real. Double teed up, yeah. out doing that today, right. bro. Exactly. You can't right. do that. Yeah, like how worthy shook. Yeah, yeah, man. But that's just what I feel about it, man. I feel, I feel like Jordan's a, Jordan is the best, but you can't, you can't really say LeBron ain't that far behind him, right? You know what I'm saying? And and like I said before, I feel like people don't give Kareem. You know, enough respect in that talk. Yeah. Because I mean? Jordan and LeBron play two different positions, but, you know, Kareem play, also play a different position, but he put up numbers. Exactly. Did, so. Talk about the camp, man. You got a camp next week that's really going to be, you know, yeah. a good thing for the city. Yeah. It's, um, it's free for the kids to come yeah, to. Yeah, it's free for the kids. Talk um, about what's going to be going on for that for that yeah, well, weekend. You know, um, I, it's pretty much like a like Chris Wright week. But I don't, like I said, I don't like the cele- whole celebrity yeah. type thing. But, you know, it is a week that I put on. Um, it's from um, June 28th um, to July 2nd is the whole week of everything that's going on from um, the Right Way Foundation um, basketball camp. And then I have the Flight Academy, you know, Pro Exposure Camp. Um, but the youth camp, like you said, it is free through donations and everything, you know, that Dope. I paid out of my pocket right now. Um we had uh, capped it at first. It was probably like 200, but then we had like 200. And, I mean, then we had like 50 like on the waiting list. Wow. So it was like 
told my mom just to, you know, open it back up as far as so people can, you know, sign up yeah. and everything. But, you know, at some point, you know, we, we might be running out of T-shirts to give out. So, um, but, yeah, man, um, the camp is something that I've been doing, you know, for uh, this is my fourth year doing it now. And um, I remember my first camp only having maybe, you know, 50, 50 to 60 kids. Now, you know, well over 200. And, you know, I don't know what the, the record is for a day camp. Yeah. But I'm trying to, you know, break that record. And, yeah. You know, the years. And it ain't because I want to break the record as something to say, oh, I did it. It's because I want to continue to impact lives, like, more and more lives every year. You know, mm-hmm. that's my goal out of this. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, um, and I bring in a lot of, you know, guys that played on my teams, like, professionally and stuff like that, whether it's overseas or uh, other professional guys. Um, and not just from basketball, you know what I mean? Whether, you know, they're professional in being a lawyer or whether professional mm-hmm. in being a doctor, you know what I'm saying? When I mean professional, it's a, a wide range of professionals that, you know, I bring to the camp, you know, to help me um, make it a great experience for, you know, the kids. And they get to interact with these people and hopefully, you know, make mentors and, you know, networking with these people because you never know who you will need, you know, down the line. Mm-hmm. You know? I, I've been blessed to DJ some, you know, like camps for Brandon McKinney right. and, and, and uh, Nashawn and all them. And over the years, man, like that little kid that came up to me and asked me about a DJ question. And then a couple yeah. years later, I see him like he's right back in that same question yeah. in that same space. And it's like having those people around to, you know, go ahead, play with the platters, you know, exactly. just just being just being there. Yeah. You know? And I, I think especially in our hometown of Trywood, where. Right. A lot of things have changed from the way we grew up to now. Exactly. And I think that's really needed, man, and really, yeah, really it. a good a good thing to to have for the the youth. Because I I know from you know as a kid, if you was going to anybody's camp, you know it was like getting ready for your favorite party. You know <laughs> right. you got your clothes laid out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And like, what socks you putting on? Like it was yeah. it was a process, and then to come yeah. to come out and enjoy that with a face that you admire and. And look up to man. I, I commend you on that. And yeah. I, I wanted to ask you, like, what's it like to organize that? I mean, like, I know a lot of people sit back and have dreams of wanting to do something like that, but to really sit down and cross T's man. and dot I's, man, how's man, that uh, process for you? It's it's crazy. Now now would have been the fourth year. Like I'm I'm almost completely, almost completely, you know, hands off. But I don't want to be. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? I have a team, you know, that worked for my foundation and everything, and. You know, that consists of, you know, my mom and, you know, some family members and stuff. Yeah. You, you know, J-Dub. Oh, so, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know. Uh, Jonathan Washington is a big part of it. And, uh, you know, Keita Howard is, they're, like, huge. Right. Like, helping me put this together. And my cousin, you know, Greg Moore. Yep. You know, he he's good at dividing up the teams and different things like that. But, man, it's it's crazy, man, because you got to sit, you know, you got to sit with a lawyer when you're doing a foundation mm. and put together everything. You got to go through the bylaws. So, Although I have a foundation, I'm a, I'm I'm knowledgeable about what we can do and what we can't do. Right. You know what I'm saying? And it's a real it's really a fine line of what you can and what you can't, but um it's a lot a lot of work that go into it, man. And it's like times now where, you know, I'm staying up to, you know, one, two in the morning and doing different things, whether it's sending the email or, you know, giving somebody information. And then I'm waking up at five forty five to work out exactly you're still, still chasing it yourself yeah and then yeah. and then now when, when with you know the nonprofit side of things you know i i am becoming more on the business side where i do have um my flight academy 
um, whereas providing uh, exposure to guys that haven't played uh, professionally yet or they have played and they're looking to continue you know, their career. I do have a fitness academy where I teamed up with Dr. Phil Anawagi, who is the chairman um, of the physical therapy department you know, at the University of Dayton. Dope. What we do, you know, train people here. And I got my own little, you know, management thing where I'm mentoring guys and helping them find, you know, agents or different teams because people hit me up all the time, you know, about guys. And guys hit me up all the time about asking about teams. So um, it's a lot that, you know, I'm doing right now in this summer, man, and um, still having to stay in shape, yeah. you know, for myself. Right. You know, it's, it's like literally, like, probably – 21 hours out of the 24 like, mm-hmm. yeah. like really grinding i've seen the the, the 5 a.m post at the gym <laughs> oh, yeah. you know getting ready to put in some work yeah. so what where does chris white want to be in in five years as far as you know like still got some in the tank yeah. still give it to these cats you know gotcha. still 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 <laughs> evolving the foundation like just just where do you want to be in five years as far as um, chris Wright? yeah i would say man you know i want to be you know of course, I want my foundation, you know, to continue, but I want to be, you know, on the on the top, like the top hundred, uh, top five hundred, you know, Forbes list for, you know, entrepreneurs. Yeah, you know what I'm saying, and you know, being a guy, you know, that really growing up didn't really know a lot, you know, about business, but you know what I'm learning about business is really a feel and an instinct because if you don't make a decision like right away, either you can lose lose a deal or lose an investment or if you got your heart in it too much mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying somebody can take advantage of you yeah. you know what I'm saying so that's really what I learned about business because you have a team you know whether you have a, a degree in where you can you know square do the square root of two billion right off the top of your don't you have people right there with you that can take you through and show you different things with you know numbers and laws and everything but it's really when you the one in the situation making decisions, it's really almost a feel, you know what I'm saying, yeah. for what you need to do. People advise you and help you, but at the end of the day, it's really up to you to make the decision what you're going to do with your money and what you're not going to do. But in five years, man, I want to be on that Forbes list, man. And, yeah. You know, that's that's my goals now, you know, doing things like that. And I feel like through, you know, camps and some of the things that I'm putting on, man, I, I feel like I will be. Dope. Super dope, dope, man. I wanted to ask you, who is the best player you played against not to make it? Wow. Uh, man. Because, you know, we always hear these stories about, oh, man, so-and-so could ball, but he got distracted by this. Or, man, yeah. he ain't had a grades. Or, uh, man, coach ain't like me. That's why I ain't make it. <laughs> <all right. laughs> uh, man, I'm trying to think, man. That's, that's, a, that's a really, really tough question because like you said everybody do you know pay attention you know to all the guys that you know are playing or whatever are you just talking about high school like, yeah yeah just yeah. got cut from yeah. high school teams and everything um man I'm trying to think um you could say me man it's hard right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I made sweet joe's freshman squad <laughs> <laughs> because I, I feel like a lot of the people that i know did you know they made you know a team or you know something um trying to think man that didn't make it wow that's really a tough question man we'll I'm, get back to I'm it really stumped, man. right now i'm really stumped. i'm gonna think about that now there's a lot of athletes though in the area especially like still you know 
still chasing that Wednesday night hoop ball at the so-and-so spot and, and, yeah. and still putting up. Like, I know when Smoke lived in town, you know, like I would always be hanging around with him and he'd be going to hoop here, hoop there. And I'd go just to, you know, just to sit back and laugh at it all. But right. but really showing up, like these cats really still, mm-hmm. it's still it's still ball. You know, we're yeah. still out here hooping. So it's just a lot of athletes in the area that's yeah, really, man, that's, that's that's really like still said, chasing go back, it. Go back to, you know, the exposure thing. Mm-hmm. That's the reason why I do it because it's a lot of guys that may not have, you know, that connection to to get a look or to go overseas or to play in the D or to play in the NBA. So I'm bringing that to them. Yeah, you know what I mean, and, and that's what the Flight Academy is about. Yeah, that's, that's what the Flight Academy is Dope. about, man. And you know, just connecting and we we still going to help you. It's like it's almost I don't want to really say that's the management thing, but it's more so like an all in one type because I know what it's like to be overseas. I can tell you that. You yeah. know what I'm saying? I know the proper way you should be training. I can help you with that, especially yeah. with, you know, my partner. Um, I can tell you what to do and what not to do with your money. I'm not gonna help I'm not gonna tell you to invest in this, invest in that because, you know, that's not my strong point, but I can tell you, you know, how to manage it yourself where you're not, you know, spending crazy or whatever. But um, yeah, man, like that's really what that's about because it's a lot of guys that that really just need a look and need an opportunity, man, to you know open up the doors for them, man. And you know that's what we do. Cats that go through the D League, like how hungry are they just to you know what I'm saying get man. get back to where they want to be? You know, yeah. I, it seems like it seems like the D League is a great opportunity for someone mm-hmm. right. to really hone on that you know left hand or hone on that 15 footer or yeah. hone whatever they they're working on. But I feel like I feel like the the push to come back has to be like. It, like, yeah, yeah. Forget the the pass off. I'm going. I'm going to get this 25 real <laughs> yeah. quick to make sure I'm on the. You know, I feel right. like it would be that. And then know? the thing is, man, like especially me being in the game. This will be my seventh season, like coming up. You know, where I'm been playing professional. Dope. Man. And uh, the first time I played in the D League, it was like everybody just getting up shots and you know trying to go for 30, trying to go mm. for 40 and 50. But you realize those people that's doing that, they're still in the same place they are. Exactly. And they're still in the same place where they're still trying to get, you know, that call. But what they don't understand and realize, if you play for OKC and you're on a D-League team <laughs> and you scoring 50, then what Russ going to do? You know what I'm saying? It's all really about, you know, playing your role. And yeah. a lot of people don't really get that. Like, our society and, you know, growing up, scoring the most points is what's been, you know, the most attractive thing. But they feel like, what's going to get you that job. And yeah. It's really not. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Every team got their different guys that do what? Like, for, if you want me to go in there and guard the best guy and that's what's going to keep me on this team, yeah. man, I'm out there. Yeah. If you say, Coach. Are you going to hustle back down exactly. 17 with two minutes left? Exactly. Yeah. Oh, Coach, you want me to just catch a lot? Oh, okay. I'm, I'm with it. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Because that's really how it is, man. Like, so many guys, like, hurt themselves playing outside of who they are. Mm. Like, they so they they just really hurt themselves, man, and they don't really get that and understand it, man. And that's why I just try to, especially the younger guys or people that come to me, I tell them the truth, man. Like you can't play outside of who you are, man. You got to stay within who you are because that's what got you to the point wherever you are, man. So like for me, you know, people say, oh, he he can't shoot, he can't this. I shoot every day, you know what I'm saying. I work on my game every single day, working on my jumper every single day, but people know me for dunking. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like, that's what you labeled as. And being aggressive and physical and running the floor, 
Like, now if I start shooting threes and just standing out there shooting threes, like, I'm not going to change my game completely. Then I got to start over and, right. you know, try to find a niche as a shooter or whatever. But what I do naturally is bring energy, be aggressive, playing defense. Like, that's what's going to help a team more mm -hmm. than, you know, me standing out there shooting threes. You right. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, and people don't understand that, man. Yeah, it might not be the best example right now coming off the finals he exactly. had. But uh, Tristan Thompson, you know, <laughs> uh, he rebounds and he rebounds yeah. and he rebounds. Exactly. And he got a nice check off a of rebound. Exactly. And, you know what I'm saying? Finishing that Durant, finishing those lives, getting that rebound. Here you go, Brian. Yeah. Do what exactly. you do. Yeah. I'll get I'm the coming. other one. I'll finish the break. Exactly. Do what you do. And, you know, I, I look at it like the NBA – there's only a handful of superstars. Exactly. exactly. And everybody else, real good player, and Man. then there's role players. Yep. Hey, them role players is getting paid. Yeah, they too. are. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's okay yeah, to be are. the guy diving on the floor. It's okay hey, to be the man. guy that's, you know, like you say, setting that hard screen yeah. or whatever's needed. Because, like you say, a coach, at least from the outside looking in, a coach is going to, you know, admire that hustle exactly. more than the guy that, Need, needs to have 37 every night, you right. know, or he's going he's gonna to want that for his team, even even off the court, even the locker room, even the, mm -hmm. even the you know, just yeah. the, the morale of the team and having good people, you know, like exactly that. somebody that's really to, to give a lot for a little, like yeah. those are the people you want. Because you know? those type of players, man, they are extensions of, you know, the coaching staff, you know what I'm saying? Locker, the room locker room guys. Room guys. Yeah, yeah, and those guys are really needed because when you in the league, like, when, well, let me go back, when you're in college, you know what I'm saying? You, you with your teammates every single day. You with the coaches every single day. They tell you this. You got a schedule. You got a routine. Once you get to that league, this is what time practice is. That's it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> this is what time the game is. That's it. This is what time the playing leaves. That's it. You know what I'm saying? Like once practice is done, for the most part, the teams go their separate ways. Everybody got families. Everyone, you know, they got children and grown you know, man. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? So it's a lot harder you know, to keep guys, you know, close-knit, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? So you need those guys that you're talking about, the locker room guys that can keep everybody close, that, you know, can, can talk and, nah, man, we ain't going out tonight, you know what I'm saying? We got shoot-around in the morning, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, those are the type of guys that you need, but because, like you said earlier, it's not the sexiest thing to do, but if you're trying to make a living out of it, you know what I'm saying, and you understand that, you know, that's what you'll do, you mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? Super dope, dope man. man. You got the uh the weekend. One more time, man. Tell us about everything you got. Not the weekend, the whole week. The whole the week. Chris Wright week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I got I got the uh the youth camp, which is um June twenty eighth to uh, June thirtieth. Then the pro exporter camp is uh June thirtieth through July second. I got uh that Friday on the thirtieth, I got the comedy show. Hey. And then that Saturday morning I got the uh, golf outing. Golf tournament. Hey, yeah. <laughs> what you know about some, you know about that golf? Oh, man, I die hard, man. I'll oh yeah, well we got to get you out there then. I would you know love to. I would love get, to. Get, get y'all, You ain't gotta uh, ask get, him twice yeah, about no yeah. golf. I'm surprised golf. you ain't watching it on your phone yeah, right now. Yeah. Golf is golf for me is basketball for you, brother. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah so you know I'm golf. I'm golfing it. a little bit. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So, but yeah, like, and then that night we doing a, uh, you know, like a more of an adult event. You know what I'm saying? And you know, taking some of my guys out. You know. Dope. In Columbus and everything, so Dope. Um, yeah, man, it's it's gonna be a good week, man. And, you know, got gonna have a lot of got a, as you say, celebrities. You know, <laughs> not me, but have a lot of guys, you know, in town that week, man. Some guys be in and out, and you know, 
It's gonna be a good week, man. And yeah, these kids are gonna love it, man. They're gonna yeah, have, you're doing a great man. thing for the city, man. I wanna yeah. say thank you. Thank you. I don't man. know if anybody that. has, but thank you for doing what you're yeah, doing, brother. No oh, I got man. one more before you get up out of here. One more, one more, one more. Toughest cover for you in the NBA. Toughest oh, man. Toughest cover. I would have to say, man, it was Kobe, man. It was Kobe, bro. The rattlesnake? Yeah, yeah. I'm a Kobe hater. <laughs> I'm not even, you know, I'm not even I'm not even a Kobe <laughs> fan, but you know, my rookie year, that was actually like my first assignment really yeah so, oh yeah we gotta you know, hear this I didn't, <laughs> <laughs> yeah so I, I wasn't you know because my rookie year at the beginning of the season you know i didn't play a lot you know what i mean and um i i was inactive the first couple games or whatever so then when i once i started dressing um we was playing at staples center um it was like second quarter jack nicholson kobe got like <laughs> yeah kobe got like i think he had 15 at the time 17 at the time, something like that. So they call, we call a timeout because I'm talking, he's scorching. I'm talking, he had three from all over the place, <laughs> you know, getting foul and ones and everything. Um, so I'm just chilling, you know what I'm saying? Because I ain't expecting, you know, it's early. So, like, it, it's your, as a rookie, you kind of know, you know what I'm saying, your rotation. So, you know, I'm kind of chilling. I'm kind of, like, looking around a little bit. And then I hear somebody, Chris, I'm, look, I'm still looking around. You know what I'm saying? And then I, I turned and looked, and I seen Coach Jackson, like, looking down at the, at the scores table, you know what I'm saying, as the Lakers was walking back on the floor. And he's like, Chris, if Kobe Bryant going back in the game, you got him. I'm like, me? <laughs> oh, well, let's go. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, it was kind of like I couldn't even I couldn't even think about, you know what I'm saying, dang, this is the moment I've been waiting on. You know what I'm saying? It was like I didn't know what to think. So, you know what I'm saying? I get in the game, man, and uh, first time he come off a pin down. I'm still I'm still locked on him because, you know, I'm that's what I'm doing. I'm a defender. You know what I'm saying? So I'm locked on him. First play, he goes to the hole, fouling. You know what I'm saying? And he called me. He, I ain't, ain't going to say what he called me. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but he like, man, get, I'm like, man, I'm telling you, like, I don't know. I ain't no punk. That's the first thing. Yeah, I, you ain't going to disrespect me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, you you who you are, but you ain't about to disrespect me. But so then the next play, you know what I'm saying? He he uh, he had in the post, you know what I'm saying? Doing this little Jordan shimmy, whatever. <laughs> so, you know, he tried to shoot a fadeaway on me, but I already knew exactly what he was about to do because, you know, I've been watching him and stuff like that. You know, so I got a block on him. You know what I'm saying? He got hey. mad. You know, he was talking crazy to me, man. But, you know, he told me, like, he respected, you know, the way that I guard him. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, how hard I played or whatever. You know, and then. Kobe stopper. Boom. No, I, yeah. I mean, I ain't going to say because he still ended up with 30, you know. You can slow him down, but you can't stop him at all. That's one thing you ain't going to do. You know, he stopped himself because, you know, he got injuries and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But, that's somebody you can't stop. Yeah, yeah. man. It's, it's a lot of different covers in the NBA that you have to deal with. You have to deal with, like you said, Carl Malone playing point guard on the bottom. <laughs> exactly. You got, you know what I'm saying, going up against KD, who's right. seven, seven feet foot. tall. <laughs> yeah. You going up against Mellows. You going up against Jimmy Butlers and these guys, man. What is your strategy when you're going up against these guys? Like, just stay, stay physical? Um, I mean, everybody is different. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you do get a scouting report, you know, before, you know, the game. And, you know, for some defenders, they respect God so much that it turns into fear. Mm. You know what I'm saying? They respect him so much where it's like some guys like, you know, a LeBron, or they can go out there and just do what they want. You know what I'm saying? And um, But you do get a, a scouting report on every single guy. And I'm talking about in-depth, like, scouting report on these guys. But, you know, somebody like, you know, like Melo, he – he jazzed, but he, he looks like he's still moving. You know what I'm saying? So somebody like him, 
you know, you, you can't watch the ball. You can't watch his feet. You know what I'm saying? Like, you got to give him distance, but not close enough where he, he likes to draw fouls. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But you still got to be close enough where <laughs> you can contest the shot. You it know sounds what I'm saying? like a lot of work. It is. It is. <laughs> but, you know, it's just, it's just man, you just got to know who you who you playing against, man, and know their strengths. Because, like I said, like, you're not going to stop them, but you just got to hope to be able to, you know, disrupt them enough to where – it throws that game off to the point where you do have an advantage. You yeah. Know what I mean? so. When Serge Ibaka, well, when LeBron did the whole spinning like he had the free throw oh line God. at the three-point line. Oh, my God. I, I said that was probably the most disrespectful Disrespect. thing I've ever seen on the basketball <laughs> yeah. court. This dude said, all right, man, whatever, dude. Yeah. Bang. <laughs> yeah. Like, really? Yeah. You didn't foul him, bro? Yeah. Like, that's his forearm to the chest, bro. Yeah. How would you handle that situation? Uh, he wouldn't have been sitting there spinning the ball. You know what I'm saying? That's the one thing he ain't about to be doing. But, I mean, Serge knows, he knows his, his, his strength. You know what I'm saying? If he was too, like, too close on him, Bron just go, you know, go around him. But, you know what I'm saying? Bron was just, you know, getting his feel. And that's, that's one thing Bron is good at. Like, he's not going to make you, he's not going to let you make him, like, speed up or do something he doesn't want to do. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And that's what all the great ones do. Like, even if you guard them, you can be the best defender. But the best player, they're going to still do what they've been working on, what they've been practicing. So, you know, Serge knew he, who he was guarding. <laughs> LeBron looked up at the shot clock, you know, got his feel, and he shot it. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, I mean, he did what he wanted to do. So, all I don't to say. Right. Oh, my goodness, man. We definitely appreciate you falling through the pod, man. One more time, man. How can the people stay in contact with you? I didn't get more information yeah, um, about the Chris Wright week. Yeah, man. Um, Hit me up. Follow me on Facebook and everything. Add me on Facebook. Follow me on Instagram at Flight33Right. And that's F-L-Y-G-H-T. 33Right. And on Twitter and everything else, man. And, you know, I answer. Do the best I can. I answer, you know, all inboxes, you know. I answer when people inbox me or DM me or whatever. You know, I'm on there, man. So, you know, I can tell you all the information you need. I post, you know, consistently about, you know, the week and everything. And you'll get everything you need if you follow me on social media, man. That's Flight 33, right? F-L-Y-G-H-T. Super dope. Thanks for spending some time with us on the You Can't Make This Up podcast on Father's Day, man. We appreciate yeah. you. Happy Father's Day, too, man. Yeah, so appreciate the, you. Appreciate you. Know, fathers you. out there, man. Yeah, I want to uh, just uh, one more time and say thank you for what you're doing for the city, what you're doing for the area, what you're doing for these kids, man. You're doing a good job, and you're holding yourself, you know, you're holding yourself right for your family and everything else, man. So just keep pushing, and, and thank you, man. Thank you, man. Yeah. I appreciate that. Super dope. You Can't Make This Up podcast. Kev Nash. DJ Killer Kid. What's up, Izzy? What's up, DeMarco? We out.